live the marriage of the year on a special Thanksgiving L.A. Law. NBC's regular daytime programs will return tomorrow. Today, we celebrate the beginning of the holiday season with Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Matt, I got a question for you. What's that, Jay? Do you know what time of year it is? I think I might. It's Thanksgiving time. Gobble, 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 <laughs> gobble, gobble. There's butterball turkeys all over the floor. But it is our Thanksgiving show, and we're going back into the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And this is 1988. We actually found a copy of the 1988 parade with commercials. It is, in our opinion, better than any copy that's popped up on YouTube. So, guys, check the notes. You could actually watch along with us. Yeah, you could watch along with us as we talk about all the best stuff from balloons and funny things that happened and performances. So the 1988 parade, I think if we're being honest, we kind of picked it because we had a good copy and we knew we also had the commercials. But then, when you really start going through it, it's pretty good. You're absolutely right. I'm sitting there, I'm like, this was a solid parade. You scan through it looking for cartoon characters and, and giant balloons, and it's all fun and games. But then when you start watching the stuff that kind of doesn't look so great just visually, you're like, wow, I can't believe this was on live television. <laughs> this is so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah, this one is no slouch. The hosts for the 1988 parade were Willard Scott, who we love, and Sandy Duncan, who we also love. Yes. So we're going to go through all the best stuff from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade 1988, right here, New York City. A cold day in Manhattan. Absolutely. And I think it's your turn to kick things off. All right. Here we go with the first highlight of the 1988 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. the NBC series, The Hogan Family. Remember this outfit, Sandy? That's the one that I wore with Mrs. Poole when we went square dancing. Sandy, how are things up there? Willard, I gotta tell you, this is a highlight of my career because there are two little boys, Mikey, four and a half, and Jeffrey, six, who today think their mom has made it to the top. So Jay, I know we mentioned her in the intro, but I gotta get into a little more detail about Sandy Duncan. Oh, I hope you do. This was the first and only <laughs> <laughs> Sandy Duncan fan, are ya? Oh yeah. Yeah. This was the first and only Macy's Parade that she ever co-hosted, and I'm not sure why, because I thought she was a ten. Oh, she was a, a twelve. Could you name an '80s celebrity, or at least an '80s sitcom star, who was better suited to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? I'm actually glad you asked that question. You know why? Because I've always loved Katie Couric. But, like, there's an element to her that's just very bland. Sandy, she brings that spunk. <laughs> she does bring the spunk. And also, you mentioned Katie Couric. Katie Couric is fine until you have Sandy Duncan to compare her to. Because Sandy Duncan is so fucking good, Jay. Oh, she's great. She's got chutzpah up the wazoo. She is like your childhood friend's mom who always had lemonade. Yes, and she offered to make sandwiches. You kids want a sandwich? <laughs> 
So NBC <laughs> did not throw Sandy out there with Willard for no reason. Willard actually was the cameo star, I guess, on The Hogan Family, which Sandy Duncan was also the star on. He's in canon in The Hogan Family. Remember The Hogan Family, by the way? What a weird show. I love that show. I thought it was fantastic. It was, but it's like you look back and that's the show, I think, uh, who did Sandy Duncan replace? Valerie Harper? Valerie Harper, yeah. But Sandy's playing like a blood relative, but she basically is acting like the wife. <laughs> it's really strange. Like she's like the wife to her brother and the mother to his kids. It's so out of control. One of my favorite moments, do you remember the Big Bird Balloon segment? The Big Bird Balloon segment? So if you look close in the Big Bird Balloon segment, that's when obviously there's the Big Big Bird Balloon. God, I actually said that correctly. Yes. So the bird is up there in the sky floating around. They cut to Sandy and Willard, and Sandy is holding, for no explained reason, this like heavy resin model version of the Big Bird Balloon. <laughs> It's like at first you're like, oh, she must be holding like a plush toy that they're going to be selling at Toys R Us that Christmas. No, it's a fucking statue of the balloon. And you can tell that like some stagehand just threw it at her. Sandy, I don't think you're going to let go of that model. You love him. Big Bird is furnished by Children's Television Workshop. And this incredible Muppet character has taught millions of free schoolers over the years. Sandy years, clearly does not want to be holding this. This is a three-hour <laughs> broadcast, and it's the only time where she looks even remotely upset. Actually, she is smiling. See, she's such a professional that she remains smiling. That's like a fucking fear grimace from a chimpanzee. <laughs> You're right. She is very uncomfortable. It's a totally a fake smile. The point is that there is not a minute of this parade that Sandy is on screen where you're just not fixated because she is just so good, so charismatic. She is. And that's why she's my first pick. What a shot. What a <laughs> Oh, boy. Look at that bird. Speaking of birds, how about that, Sandy? I love the Sesame Street characters. A homecoming for Frankie. His career began right across the river in Newark, New Jersey in the 50s. And he's going to take us back to those days with his hit of Grease. Grease. And my first pick is the appearance of Frankie Valley. And Frankie Valley's known for being in the Four Seasons, and he's a Jersey boy. Newark. Yeah, Newark, New Jersey. This man was basically on top of the world in the 60s and the 70s, being in the Four Seasons and having all these big hits and stuff, right? Of course he was, yes. This is to the point where women were tossing their panties at him anywhere he went. That is, I, I, he was, he was well-liked. I'll agree with you there. <laughs> he was a good-looking man. Sherry, Big Girls Don't Cry. Then, in 1978, he has the song Grease, which is the title song from the movie. And that was a huge hit. And he's performing it 10 years later 
in a float in the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Now, logically, my brain immediately says, is he going to be on a 1948 Ford that has a lightning bolt going across the car? <laughs> That's what they should have had. That's what they should have had, but no. <laughs> he is on a float that is a giant strawberry. <laughs> And he's got, like, kids with straw hats and overalls. It's extremely incongruous with Frankie Valley. That's the first thing that gets you. And then you realize the California Raisins are dancing in front of him. The California Raisins are dancing, like, 50 feet in front of him. But for some reason, they're still considered part of his act. Talk about trying to steal his thunder. I mean, they had heat right there. And Frankie Valley just kind of sways back and forth real subtly because he's a cool guy. Frankie Valley found out that he was going to be in the Macy's Parade like two minutes before they started shooting this. He <laughs> was so like, what am I doing and why am I here? Why are there raisins? Why are my background dancers a bunch of kids in straw hats? He parked at Port Authority and ran right over. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks like that, right? He's looking all cool. But then you realize like, wow. There is at least three or four guys in my family who look exactly like that and looked exactly the same in 1988. Oh my God, you're so right. Every tri-state area family had at least four Frankie Valleys at a backyard fucking party. There was four uncles and two cousins. And at least two of them were named Frank. <laughs> exactly. So Frankie Valley on a giant strawberry with... Kids in straw hats. I mean, he was a megastar, and now he's on a strawberry cottage in the middle of Manhattan. It's amazing what you could throw together with 23 seconds notice. Superheroes, the comics, and the real life get together in this marvelous Marvel Universe float, furnished by who else but Marvel Comics, with Captain America, the Incredible Hulk. I like the Incredible Hulk. I did too, and from the real world, Olympic champions who collected a total of 10 gold medals at the Summer Olympics. With them, the famous Boys Choir of Harlem, directed by Dr. Walter Turnbull, singing One Moment in Time. Okay, let's talk about the Marvel Universe float, Jay. Oh my God. Oh yeah, let's get into it. So the Marvel Universe float, this was a Macy's Parade classic in the 80s. I think maybe even in the 90s. We've talked about it before. Basically looked like a giant action figure playset. It was like a Toy Biz playset come to life. And it's covered in costume characters. Hulk, Iron Man, Silver Surfer, Doctor Doom. Everyone's there. This all sounds great so far, right? Oh, it's amazing. So the float is always accompanied by a musical performance. And we covered, for instance, the one from 1989, which had Melba Moore totally rocking out. Mm -hmm. 1988 was a different story. <laughs> what did you oh, think man. of this song, man? We got a boys choir singing One Moment in Time. Oh. Each day I live, I want to be a day to give the best of me. The original thought was that it was meant to be for the Olympics. 
that's fine. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's very noble. But, you know, mesh it with an act that suits the vibe. You've got these little kids singing this incredibly downbeat song, probably the slowest song in the history of music, and they're doing it while a building is collapsing behind the Incredible Hulk. It makes no sense. The irony here is that that is one moment in time. That time frame for Marvel compared to now? There's nobody bigger than Marvel. Nobody, and that's what's so cool because a lot of the characters on that float are the ones that are responsible. I came up with the top three things that rule this world. So number one is Marvel Comics, right? Yep. Number two, TikTok. And number three, Megan the Stallion. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... official Barbie float from Mattel and boy this one was outstanding <laughs> so this Barbie float is just a crazy neon sparkly it was just amazing this whole thing and you hear the song that's coming from Barbie and the sensations they're singing and dancing and choreography galore I didn't think the float itself was that great it kind of just looked like a pile of Legos but everything else was an AA+. It's Barbie and the Sensations, which came after Barbie and the Rockers, right? There's a cartoon show that they had that basically was a knockoff of Jim. Was the theme kind of like vaguely retro doo or was that just me? It was totally 50s. It was like, again, we always talk about how in the 80s, everything was 50s influenced. And this is no different, right? The girls, they have like saddle shoes and like poodle skirts. This song, Bop, Bop, Bop and Away, is so good. Is that a legitimate song or is that like a freaking Barbie song? There was so many songs that were made specifically for like these VHS tapes. It was kind of like how they did it with Jim. And this was one that I don't think it was on the tape that was out during this time, but I do remember that they performed it here. I don't know if it's released anywhere else. So Christ, now I have to buy not just one Barbie and the Sensations VHS, but all of them, because you can't confirm if even one of them has it. 
So great, thanks. It's gonna be a hundred bucks in a hundred man hours. Yeah, I mean, maybe we could just put the word out. Just please send us MP3s. Yeah, the song is about showing us how to bop. I definitely was not up to date on my bop bop bopping until I watched this again. And now you're sort of a green belt. I, what whatever color the belt is, I can't tell you. That's for the judges to decide. But I will say, I have not stopped bopping since watching this parade. <laughs> fast forward to now and we're going to get an actual barbie movie barbie and the sensations might make a comeback you never know they should get a band together and go on tour because i would buy the fuck out of those tickets you absolutely would you'd be first online first at online, the yeah. at the music center to get your concert tickets <laughs> the music ticket yeah <laughs> yeah mama am and i here trying to get bob and tickets <laughs> I have my tent. I'm just waiting online. Thanksgiving Day Parade is sponsored in part by the good time, great taste of your holiday place, McDonald's. By Isotoner Gloves and Slippers, fitting gifts for everyone you care about. By Oshkosh Bagosh, clothing for the entire family, the genuine article since 1895. And by AT&T, the right choice. So Jay, before we get back to the parade here, let's talk about some of the commercials. This is it. This is the bread and butter. I knew I had to go with a McDonald's spot because they were the main sponsor and back me up. There had to have been at least 10 different McDonald's commercials. That's how it is. When you're watching anything big, there's always McDonald's commercials. They ruled the world back then. Now, Megan the Stallion. Back then, it was McDonald's. Exactly. It was <laughs> Megan the Stallion back then. <laughs> So you'd think I would pick one of the commercials that we haven't talked about before, but fuck that. I'm going to go with Holiday Chicken McNuggets again. Yes, you have to. For those hardy souls who brave the elements in search of the perfect tree, McDonald's has a treat just for you. For a short time, we're serving Holiday Chicken McNuggets with a festive orange sauce. There are also thick, rich eggnog milkshakes and cool peppermint sundaes. They're just our way of wishing you a joyous season. Your holiday place, McDonald's. I love this commercial, and I just remember the fact that it had that box that looks like it was wrapped up. I mean, that's the best part. You can get 9 or 20-piece Chicken McNuggets sold in these, like, gift boxes, which, oh, they were so beautiful. I still have a few of those, by the way. And the sauces. Well, in 1988, or at least in this region, wherever this tape came from, it looked like they only had the limited edition orange sauce that year, mm, which is yeah. basically like duck sauce. Oh, so good. Yeah. They also had eggnog sundaes, oh. peppermint milkshakes, and the way they shot them, Jay, like, oh my God, they made everything look so fancy. I thought it was eggnog milkshakes. What did I say? You switched them. <laughs> 
eggnog sundaes and peppermint milk. Oh, you're right. I no, did. the other way around. It's no, I know sundaes. it's supposed to be peppermint sundaes and eggnog milkshakes, bed knobs and broomsticks. Holy That's shit! What I said. Sally sells seashells. <laughs> How come McDonald's hasn't started with the plant-based nuggets so I could actually go and get these right now? Why do you care if they're using the same fryers if they cook all the fucking chicken in? <laughs> it's a mental thing. That would be a gift. And then you could wrap that up in that little fancy box that you have. This sucks because you're really complicating. I was going to write a letter to them requesting that they bring back the holiday chicken McNuggets. And now I have to tack on this whole thing about bringing them back in a plant-based variety <laughs> too. Friend Jay and I'm going to, I'm going to spook them and they're going to just throw the letter away. <laughs> this guy's got a lot of requests. I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing Footnotes, the five-foot electronic keyboard you play with your feet, complete with microphone and speaker, so you can play, dance, and sing your favorite rock, country, and pop hits. Footnotes, if you've got feet, you can play. Footnotes. Footnotes, electronic keyboard, microphone, and speaker. Footnotes. Okay, so my commercial was for the Remco Footnotes. It's this keyboard that goes on the floor. It's kind of like the home version of what they were doing at FAO Schwartz in the movie Big. I'm wondering if the timeline aligns where you would assume that they made this rollout keyboard because that movie was so popular and that scene was the most popular one in the movie. My friend's brother had it. Nothing could make my brain shatter into a million pieces, quite like the burden of having to try to figure out how to play a piano with my feet. <laughs> Especially when it like it doesn't really work the way it's advertised to. It's like you really got to stamp that thing in just the right spot to get it to play the things you want it to play. I wasn't going to have the savvy that Tom Hanks had in that movie. Well, so. I mean, in fairness, you didn't have Robert Loja there to guide you through. Yeah. <laughs> so this was made by Remco, who was responsible for many famous toys. But in this commercial... It's totally 80s style. This kid is in his like shark skin pants or whatever. And he's bouncing around and it sounds like perfect. Man, this is not how it is in real life. You get this thing, you play with it a couple of times. You're like, son of a bitch. I can't figure it out. You know? Fuck this. <laughs> this is now a cape. <laughs> <laughs> but that commercial and the toy, I mean, I can't believe you didn't own this. Because my note here is that they both seem so incredibly you. Any toy that was an instrument, I wanted all the time. The reason why I brought this up, though, is because now if you go into Target, there is an FAO Schwartz keyboard that you put down. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, they have that thing, and I guess it is serving the same purpose, even though it kind of loses something without this 80s attitude that the Footnotes one had. Yeah, it's been around here and there, but like now Target's really pushing it. It's like front and center everywhere you go at every Target. It's so. the most popular toy this year, is what yes. I heard. Yeah. There's a big push for big nostalgia amongst the young <laughs> set. <laughs> the kiddies have really gotten into Tom Hanks this year. Now that you mention it, I think big came out the same year that this parade is. I love it because you sent me your list of like six different commercials. You're like, I'm narrowing it down from these six. Like, I don't know that we're going to end up with the foot keyboard. Of course, we were going to go here. <laughs> if I bought this, I would drive my parents up the wall. 
the kid, while he's stepping on the keys, he's corresponding it with a dance. And I've seen you do that dance like a hundred times. <laughs> What could be more fun than America's favorite fat cat? Our beloved Garfield, furnished by United Media. This orange and black striped tabby has a voracious appetite. He gulps more helium than any other high flyer in this parade. Did you know it takes nearly 19,000 cubic square feet of the stuff to get this cat off the ground? That's a fat cat. KJ, my next pick is kind of a multi-pick. I wanted to give a general shout out to all of the big balloons that appeared during the 1988 Macy's Parade. My balloons! He's got my <laughs> balloons! <laughs> Thank you. So, all right, this year we had classics like the Garfield balloon, which in my opinion is the quintessential Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade balloon. There was Snoopy, there was Spider-Man, there was that weird upside down Ronald McDonald. Willard, you said you'd like to be a giant balloon. If you were, I see you as something like this, doing a handspring while clutching a bunch of 10 foot tall toy balloons. Not just me, like that's a fucking weird balloon, right? But no, but Ronald is always contorted. Every year he's all messed up. The only thing I can think of is that maybe they just want his beautiful face close to the ground. But their method in getting there is just awful. He's in some sort of like heart dungeon pretzel lock. <laughs> it looks like the back end people just let go. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ronald. <laughs> like, fuck this. Leave it. <laughs> I'm not doing this. They're all volunteers anyway. It's not like they're losing money. We had Snuggle Bear, who you know I, I I just love Snuggle Bear. Snuggle is the big little bear kids would love to hug, and he came out of hibernation to be in the parade for his second year. Furnished by Lever Brothers Company, he's 58 feet high and 32 feet wide, with a friendly six-foot wave to the crowd. Do you have any favorites from the 1988 Macy's Parade? My favorite is the return of the Quick Bunny. Oh, that's right. The Quick Bunny, the Nutcracker Quick Bunny, the famous one. He was drunk or seasick, maybe seasick. He was swaying back and forth uncontrollably the whole time. He was. And he also repeated his like gimmick. I guess we can call it at this point of popping up where he's not really supposed to be. <laughs> yes. And riding herd on the hare, the kangaroo and the tortoise will be quick bunny. Man, I don't think I could uh, follow up the quick bunny, but I'm going to try with baby Shamu. Yes. Baby Shamu Baby was Shamu. so popular that he warranted his own his own balloon. <laughs> there was there was a lot of interest in Baby Shamu back then. Floaty <laughs> here, oh boy, I love my whales. And right behind, floating happily along with the group, is the most amazing whale of all, Baby Shamu. I like him because he makes me look smaller. Spicy <laughs> Seaworld is happy killer whale, and he really doesn't look like killer. Does he look like he'd hurt anybody? Nah. This was his third appearance as a Macy's balloon. Well, I mean, do you remember, like, the fervor that was like, oh, my God, there's a baby whale at SeaWorld. Like, people would travel thousands of miles for that shit. Yeah, it was like visiting the fucking Pope. Everyone couldn't <laughs> wait to see baby Shamu, like, this miracle of nature. Of it's course, back pilgrimage. then, yeah, I mean, back then, we didn't know what we know now. Obviously, is this, like, not a good thing for them That there's have. more entertaining things than a whale? Well, the, no, <laughs> you would be good. Whales are fun. But they shouldn't be at SeaWorld. And they eventually learned that. 
Did Baby Shamu have his own cartoon show? I don't think he had a cartoon show. I do think, speaking of Barbie, that he might have come packaged with Barbie at one point. And they really kind of exaggerated how much of a baby he was. Because like, it was like a fucking puppy-sized Baby Shamu. <laughs> Good to see him back, though. It was. Uh, he had some problems with the inflation of his stomach. I don't know, maybe that's why he got retired after this parade. It was like his whole body was like sucking in and out. He had a, like a, a paper bag over his mouth and he was like <laughs> breathing in and out because he had anxiety or something. <laughs> this was like my favorite balloon at the parade. I was such a Shamu guy, Jay. Really? I love Spider-Man. He was one of my favorites. The Spider-Man balloon? He's a New Yorker. What I love about it is that they can't handle Ronald McDonald and he's all whacked out. But yet Spider-Man is always prowling around perfectly, never has any issues. <laughs> I can explain that, actually. Yeah. So when you're, uh, you go to Macy's that morning, you're a volunteer, and they're assigning you your gig. You know, they, they say, you're going here, you're going there. Wouldn't you try a lot harder if they gave you the cool Spider-Man balloon than the fucking Ronald McDonald balloon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fuck, I, knew, I wanted to do Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, Spidey. Yeah, we're going to look at the giant Spider-Man balloon, and we can see how we look to him, I hope. That's because he's wearing one of our NBC micro... There it is. Look at that. That's how we look to Spider-Man. So smile and wave, everybody. Hi. Hi, Spider-Man. That's how things look to him. Business, Woody Woodpecker, about my age. Guy who always has the last laugh is back for his seventh flight down Broadway. Was that you? You're fantastic, Van Tronicus. I didn't. That's marvelous. So, we're talking balloons, Matt. My next pick is the Woody Woodpecker balloon. And this is a very interesting segment here. <laughs> Definitely one of those moments that makes you go, uh, wow. So, first of all, I just want to mention about Woody Woodpecker. I feel like he's been blacklisted in Hollywood, and I feel like that movie that came out with him in it, it was more in Brazil, and he's never bounced back from it, and I'm concerned, frankly. So, uh, I, 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 just if I'm hearing you right, are you saying that there's a Brazil-only Woody Woodpecker movie? <laughs> Yeah, basically it did come out, but it was like imported to the States and then it wound up on Netflix. But it's a real shitty movie, apparently. I've never watched it, but on IMDb, we'll get to the balloon in a second, but on IMDb, they talk about this movie and it's a father saying everything about this movie sucks and he goes on and on and on. And then he says he's deeply disturbed that his kids enjoyed this film and he's not sure they're actually his kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the front page of this movie on imdb oh my god we don't know like this guy could be out of his mind his movie might be fine that's true i personally can't imagine that there was a woody woodpecker movie that wasn't good <laughs> it doesn't seem possible just point the camera or let the dude do his thing and you have a movie so here he is woody woodpecker he's like 40 feet tall flying down and then Willard is talking to Sandy and they have an exchange about how Sandy must be a ventriloquist because she's throwing her voice and making the Woody Woodpecker sound. Hey, 
Yes, he loved that joke. What I found funny is that if you isolate Willard Scott while he's commentating Woody Woodpecker coming down the, the street, he's like, they've got a real grip on this fellow. They got a real grip on this fellow. <laughs> Are you implying that Willard was going for some sort of a uh... sexual innuendo? Yes. He also made a joke at another part of the parade about the Big Bird balloon shitting on him and Sandy. So I can't say that I'm that surprised that he was making a reference, apparently, to Woody's Woody. They have a real grip on this fella. I mean, a real strong grip on him. At two hours and 30 minutes, there's a guy that just starts randomly running out of nowhere. He's not one of the guys that has the real strong grip on the pecker. <laughs> So two hours and 30 minutes. All right, let's see what we got. All right, I got a bunch of guys in Woody Woodpecker costumes. Got Woody himself. So there's like this random guy dressed in all white, and he just starts running toward the left of the screen. Moments later, Woody's right foot is slowly plummeting to the ground, and it looks like he's crushing like four people. I was just going to say, that's what's happening, right? This white, That's why the guy's guy running. Of- Right, he's trying to save the crowd because it really does. I mean, it looks like Woody has come alive and is stay puffing all over New York. Now I know why that dude started running. He didn't want this cartoon character to kill people. That would scar children. An amazing sequence. And that's what the movie in Brazil was all about. When <laughs> it was Woody Woodpecker yes. murdered people. <laughs> it was a documentary on the 1988 Macy's Parade. <laughs> the Woodpecker Massacre. Hey, go get him, Woody. Woody likes the folks. There he goes. Hey, baby, that's terrific. Hey, Woody is really right in there now. There are also entertainers on board. They're the four tops. Levi Stubbs, Duke Baker, Obie Benson, and Lawrence Payton. They prove the four tops are indestructible. So cute. now time for what i consider to be the main event of the 1988 macy's thanksgiving day parade the motherfucking four tops performing heart to heart i thought they were performing indestructible weren't they like i said indestructible yes (laughs) where the fuck did they get heart what the hell is heart to heart i told you i was going to bring this up and i was kind of puffing it up and i could tell by your reaction that you might not have agreed with my enthusiasm. No, they look like badasses up there. I'm surprised you thought I wouldn't like this. I don't just like it. I love it just as much as you. I usually use no punctuation or capitalization in my DMs too because I don't like to seem that committal. But this time, I you know proper sentences, explanation points, and what I got back from you is basically yeah and all lowercase. So 
fuck you. You I was I've been sitting here in a panic for like half a week now thinking that you were gonna shit all over the four tops. <laughs> no, these guys are legends. Friggin' hits galore for how many years? And I think the amazing thing is that they stayed together for like some incredible amount of years. You could tell that these four liked each other because they're huddled together for warmth at the front of this float. And yeah. you got the main guy, he's wearing a fur coat, sort of like Sandy Duncan was, and he is way <laughs> yeah. into it. He is like dancing, he's pumping his fists, carrying the whole thing. Gotta say, the other four tops, I guess three of the four tops, yeah. I don't know if they quite got that they were supposed to be lip syncing because they were yeah, having fun, but they weren't really singing along. Yeah, they were a little bit nonchalant. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. This song was a comeback for the four tops, too. If you had a band from like the 50s or 60s, and then they're hitting in 1988 with a song that's getting airplay, like, yeah, that's crazy. And this wasn't like a nostalgia pop song because it wasn't like there was some like deep rooted need to have the four tops come back. It was because they put out this really amazing song. Did you know? I don't know if you went this deep on the research. Believe me, I didn't. <laughs> The title track of Indestructible, right, of this album, it was featured in the 1988 science fiction cop film, Alien Nation. Really? Yeah. And I feel like as much as you liked this song before, whatever is your favorite song of all time, it's like 10 notches beyond that. As I sit here, I can almost see the title of the song, Indestructible, as a big kind of pile of gold text just lifting into the air. Because it's leveling up. It's now my favorite song. It's on top of the mountain. You're absolutely right. <laughs> also, did you notice that when they started to uh, accelerate the van or the truck or whatever, the lead singer, he's like, oh, shit, we're moving. The lead top, you know, the, the foremost of the four tops. Yeah. was completely caught off guard and literally <laughs> almost fell down because those floats I've noticed, especially in this parade, they might roll smoothly once they get going, but that first little push is really rocky. They're doing like 50. They're doing 50 and they're wearing very heavy coats. So if like you put a little too much weight on them from the wrong side, they're going down. <laughs> Make you feel old? Oh boy. Here's Michael, Nathan, Douglas, David, Scott, and John Osmond. First generation made me feel old. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
my last pick, Matt, is the Osmond boys. When you first hear it, like, what is he talking about? So, like, Donnie and Marie Osmond, they came from a big family of entertainers. And I did not research this as much as I probably should have, but I assume that they're the youngest of the family at that point in time. You assume that? What tipped you off? The fact that they're all six? (laughs) I think some of them might be older. So all of them are roughly fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. Yeah, fourth through sixth. Like, I remember having that haircut, which isn't a good one, by the way. Yeah, me too. And so they're performing Mr. Sandman. They're doing this choreographed, not really dancing, but sort of like motioning. I just got to say, this whole this whole thing with the Osmond awesome boys was just kind of a disaster, Jay. It was a total disaster. The kid all the way to the right is the youngest, and he must be, he's probably six. He's yeah, he's kid. definitely younger. He's like two to three years younger, for, at least. At least, yeah. And he's much shorter but he's clearly like the runt of the litter. He just did not want to be there. And he looks like he did an accident in his pants. That is going a little far, Jay. You watch yourself there. He's got his hands in his pockets the whole time. And it is a, it's a frightening proposition. Think about, I mean, you might be the exception because you came out of your mother ready to sing and dance. But the rest of us, the the idea of being on a float at the Macy's Parade, if I was six and someone threw me on that thing, oh my God, I, I wouldn't be here today. I'd be gone. <laughs> but like, he doesn't even know the dances and he's up there. Like, No, I mean, he looks terrified. He looks terrified. Like, this is the last place on earth he wants to be. Why put this poor kid through it? He looks like he's in complete misery. But there's no excuse, though. Michael Jackson was eight years old when he started performing. Worked out really well for Michael, so why not? (laughs) Honestly, having seen the other four who did know the choreography, I think it was a blessing in disguise to not know it. Because would you really want to do that specific dance? That's what I'm saying. It was awful. It is bad. And the outfits... Yeah, they'd probably look back and they're just so embarrassed at themselves. They basically were wearing these blue nylon jumpsuits that were also turtlenecks. So you have these, <laughs> they're wearing these like bright blue nylon turtleneck jumpsuits with these like huge Fraser Crane sweaters over them. Not a fashionable look. I don't even think in 1988, honestly. Not really, but it does look like if they were sitting on a little stool that there'd be like lasers behind them for like their school picture. <laughs> It absolutely looks like our third grade class photo. Oh my God, that is the official outfit of the laser background photo. You are so right. (laughs) It is right. So they pull out a wide shot and you see they're all swaying back and forth for like this big finale. And this kid is just standing there. He's barely moving, hands in his pockets. He's just trying so hard to figure out what's going on. And then Willard says... The one on the end is mine. I love him. (laughs) Those hot mics, man. You never know what you're going to pick up. So I have a theory. I think the actual Osmond boys, as in the group, were the core four. And this kid was just another Osmond. He wasn't necessarily a performer at that point. So this was probably very scary for him. Also, if you'll notice, the other kids, the other Osmond boys, they're on what really constitutes as a performing platform. This kid seems like he's just out in the middle of the float with no handrail or any kind of safety net. 
It looks pretty scary. Yeah, he was an Osmond in training. He was like in the the farm league for the Osmonds. Well, then it was like they were hazing him because they had him in the middle of nowhere on that float, looking like he was like if he t- moved in if any he way, falls, he, was, he falls. Yeah, that's why he wasn't dancing because he had to keep himself balanced. He was fearing for his life. <laughs> the professionalism on this kid that we only are now realizing that's what happened. They're whispering all that we don't need you. Oh my! Do you don't, don't say things like that. I wonder what he's doing now. Hopefully not listening to the Purple Stuff podcast. That was our recap of the 1988 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yes, it was, Matt. And that was a great parade. I just wasn't expecting it to be that good. It was great in a very kind of unique way, almost like this. It's almost like a... wait, Wait, did you say unique way or weak way? I thought I said unique way, but even I heard me say weak way, which was an underrated (laughs) Star Wars Return of the Jedi villain. That texture on his action figure head, I used to play with it like it was a walnut. Mm, So good. Uh, Yeah, this was like one of those parades where everything kind of went a little bit weird, but it just made everything that much better. It went south is what you mean, yeah. Went south, yeah. So if you had to name one person thing creature dog whatever the fuck from this parade as its mvp who are you taking oh that is tough man hmm we had some big ones we had sandy duncan the osmonds woody woodpecker the four tops garfield the marvel characters the guy in the white shirt the guy in the white shirt yeah oh my gosh there's a lot mm-hmm. the kid from the footnotes commercial the <laughs> kid Willard Scott. Man, this is tough. This is way tougher than I thought. It is. I think I know who it's going to be. I'm going with Sandy Duncan. Yeah, she has obviously come up with someone else, but she really is the MVP. Let's face it. Did you think I was going with her? No, I would never in a million years think that you would uh, patronize me with the Sandy Duncan pick. 
<laughs> yeah, it was amazing. God, yeah. I mean, she is the MVP, but if I had to pick someone else, it's down to uh, God. It's almost like a tie. Well, no, you know, you got you got to pick your pick, and then no, no, actually, I, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't gonna go with Sandy if I'm being honest, and the only reason I'm not is because. I just love the foremost four tops guys so much. Oh, okay. The fur coat foremost, the first of the four tops, the one who was leading the way. If he's still around, forgive me, I don't know. There's only one of the four tops left. I don't know if it's him. Let's, for argument's sake, say that he was still around. He should still be at the Macy's Parades doing that exact act they should do that yeah they should bring it back every year for the rangers float they could use that they would win every game yes yeah in a parade starring the first four top and sandy duncan i mean that is just a winner 10 out of 10 times (laughs) man so what a parade we want to remind you guys we are on patreon that is patreon.com slash purple stuff We say it all the time, but we've had so many good, fun episodes on there, so definitely check it out. Maybe we should revise the Patreon script. We're just reading the same one every month. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Purple Stuff Podcast. I am Jay from Sludge Central. I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Just give me one moment in time. Later today, join Bob Costas for a special Thanksgiving Day edition of NFL Live, followed by football Texas style. The Houston Oilers take on the Dallas Cowboys today on NBC Sports. I'm Linda Lopez. From all of us at NBC, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.